Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Mern. I'm a certified health coach, certified personal trainer, and soon to be a certified brain rewiring coach. We're going to be talking about all things training, nutrition, mindset, and hormone balancing for the Lady Climber. You can learn more about me and the services I offer over at ladybetacoaching.com and over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching. Let's dive in. I am so excited to have Juliet here, but before we dive in, I want to give you a couple updates, let you know what's happening over here in the Lady Beta world. So if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, Thursday, January 21st, 2021. Also, side note, how is it 2021 already? Wow, this year is already flying by. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, that means that I have a very special, very exciting announcement coming out on Friday, all about the group brain rewiring program. You're definitely going to want to be paying attention to that because it's going to be a big announcement. You're going to be able to get a big old discount on the program if you are paying attention. And I'm super, super, super excited for this. So that program is going to be launching and starting March 1st. So all through the month of February, I'm going to be talking all about brain rewiring, all about the benefits of it, how you can start to incorporate it, what it's going to be able to do for you, the transformations it's going to be able to provide. So make sure you are paying attention and ready for that. So I'm super excited to introduce Juliet. She is such an amazing, coach, client. She's really honestly one of the people that I look up to the most in the industry. She is unapologetically herself. She is so passionate about being able to create safer spaces in the community and not afraid to call out bullshit. She really is able to tell it like she sees it. And that's something that I admire about her so incredibly much. And she's somebody that is really a change maker and she's able to see different things that the community doesn't have and the ability to be able to create those and then provide those for people. And she's just so good at creating community spaces and being able to really provide such high value and also still remain a high level athlete herself. So without further ado, let's jump into this interview. Thanks for having me on. Um, Yep, my name is Juliet, and I help climbers of all levels gain confidence on the wall through strength and technique coaching. Um, And I definitely have a a really strong element of community and relationships in with my coaching. I love it. Yes. So I love that your emphasis, too, is on the community aspect. So I know that this is really important to you. When did that become apparent for you that like, hey, this is something that I really want to care about? You know, a lot of climbers just kind of go do their own thing. Yeah, I it definitely came to a head uh, in the spring, summer uh, with George Floyd. And at the time I was working for someone else, um, I was doing more general personal training and it was at that point where I was like, all right, I need to like go back to the community that I'm, I'm from and uh, contribute and do the work that I can do there. Um, so that's when I left and started my own business, um, just with the, the overhead mission being to um, make sure that there's a safe space for everyone in the sport, as well as making sure there's a safe space um, for everyone within the coaching services uh, industry. Absolutely. So when you say things like safe space, like, what are you kind of like working to, I mean, not only do yourself, but like educate other people on as well? Yeah, I I just think that um, with the growth of the climbing community itself, um, we're kind of behind a bit with uh, 
the the physical both the physical spaces that uh, climbers go to so uh, the crag the gym making sure people feel comfortable and welcome there but also in uh, the services space so I know I know for you when you started your business Chelsea and was really emphasizing working with women I think that was really huge because um, coaching uh, has such an importance with the the relationship and connection that you form between the coach and the athlete and a lot of times it can be uncomfortable to go to someone who you just don't know if they have the same experiences as you or if they can really understand where you're coming from so um yeah really having this kind of break in the industry where we're starting to really focus on how women uh feel in their coaching relationships and i want to continue to expand that just like i said as the diversity of the climbing community itself is growing i want to make sure that people feel comfortable working with service providers in the industry so um, whether that's being a person of color um, whether it's being lbgtqia plus um, making sure that yeah, there's someone out there for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I respect that so much. And I really look up to you because I don't think there's a lot of people, you know, that are not not that they're not able to do this work. It's hard, you know, to go out there and talk about these things and say, this is what I stand for. You know, if you don't stand for this, please, like, you're not welcome here type of thing. But with that, too, like, tell me a little bit more about some of the things that you really want to see happen with the community as we do continue to grow and expand. Yeah, I I just think that the history of our sport is really just based in, in white male roots. And the culture of the climbing community really reflects that. And it's harmful and unwelcoming to a lot of people who are trying to enter the sport. Um, I know of a lot of people who have tried to start climbing, left the sport, people who had climbed for a while, couldn't really take the toxicity anymore and left. And so we are literally driving people out of this sport. And that's just uh, not the way it should be, especially when we try to think of like the the spirit of the sport, you know, going outside, enjoying nature, or, you know, being in the gym and challenging yourself. These are things that should really be accessible to everyone. And there's really no excuse for a sports culture to push people out from being able to experience those things that we love so much about climbing. Right. Yeah. If we don't have that, I mean, yeah, what's the point of doing any of this, honestly? So tell me a little bit more about your background, how you got started climbing. And I feel like this all ties in because you've had a a couple experiences that really kind of opened your eyes to like, yeah, the community, you know, where we're at right now. Yes, we've done some work, but there's still a lot more to be done. Yeah. So I started climbing when I was at the ripe age of 10 years old. Um, I lived like 10 minutes away from our local climbing gym and my parents threw me in a summer camp uh, there for the week and I loved it so much. I wanted to uh, go back and do summer camp again, so I did. And uh, then they were like, you should join the youth team. So um, I was very fortunate. I was able to join the youth team there and just kind of naturally, especially with where... um, the gym was located. I grew up in Northern Virginia outside of Washington, D.C. There's not a lot of outdoor climbing there. So the natural progression is definitely to get into competition climbing. So I competed from when I was about 12 to 16. um, And 
that experience has definitely shaped the way that uh, I enjoy the sport of climbing now and how I share it with my athletes as well as, um, yeah, the, the community in that for me personally, like competition was not a great setting for me to thrive in. Um, it really had the motivation for improvement come totally externally. So it was like, it doesn't matter how well I do as long as I beat X, Y, and Z. And it was like a really unhealthy mindset. And it was super, super easy to burn out on, especially as I got into my older teens. Um, so I actually stopped climbing for about two years, uh, went to school, wasn't climbing my first year in college. And then, uh, and then I started to pick it back up again uh, this summer after my first year of school. And then I found outdoor rock climbing is where I went to school was a lot closer to those outdoor spaces. And it was just like, it clicked and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is, this makes a lot more sense to me now. So uh, yeah, being able to appreciate both sides of, of climbing and, and what drives uh, people to climb outside and what really drives uh, people to compete. And I personally work with a lot of athletes who um, are looking to improve their outdoor rock climbing um, because we align really well with that. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So you do a lot of technique coaching as well. So how does one even know in the first place if they need to work on technique versus maybe another thing like strength or maybe endurance? Yeah, um, well, short answer is that everyone can work on technique, even me. <laughs> yeah, so it's a uh, it's a, it's a huge, huge part of climbing because climbing is such a skill sport. Climbing is also so variable that you have to have a really good base of technique to be able to continue to push yourself, to be able to approach new climbs. Um, and yeah, just having that uh, confidence in your skills and abilities uh, really goes a long way with that. Um, I do uh, offer strength training as well because I do think uh, for some folks that is, you know, kind of the low hanging fruit. Um, but at, at no point am I like, okay, just like stop working on climbing, stop working on technique. Um, so shorter answer is everyone. Um, another good sign is if you do really feel like you're stronger than the grade that you're climbing. Um, so yeah, if, if you've maybe been strength training before you started climbing and you've already gone in with a really good general strength base, then your time is going to be better, uh, used focusing in on the technique and, and climbing specific skills uh, and vice versa if you've maybe been climbing for a long time and have never strength trained and you maybe feel like you're out climbing your strength levels that would be when you uh, would maybe turn more towards strength training. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, too. I, I definitely feel that way. I'm like, wow, I feel a lot physically stronger than the, the grades that I'm climbing right now. So what are some of those things that you work on athletes with? Like, what are some of the, the areas of the potentially the body that you're looking at in order to see, okay, here's where we go from from what I've visually seen from you? Yeah, I really just like to break things down pretty simply and just think about the different movement systems uh, within the body. And that definitely uh, comes from my background in, as a personal trainer and as a strength coach, um, really thinking about the upper body, the lower body, which includes the hips, which I'm a really big <laughs> proponent of working on uh, hips. And then just kind of the, the core, so the connection between that upper and lower body section. And um, 
kind of starting big and broad in that sense where where we're really just looking at the body as a whole, how it's moving, and then also just like um, kind of distilling it down to more of that climbing specific uh, techniques like footwork or mm -hmm. hand placements. And then another huge part of it is also mindset and um, you know, are you hesitating? Are you not trusting your feet? All of that. That is something I would definitely consider to be technique um, with it, with my athletes. Yeah. A lot of people don't think of like the tempo or the speed, like you don't have to climb the entire boulder problem or the entire route at the same speed. And it's probably a lot of the times more advantageous to climb a little bit more quickly through, you know, the easier sections and then take your time. And that's, that's all part of things that I think a lot of people don't even realize because we're all so focused on how do I just get stronger? How do I get stronger? And I really like how you come at it from both angles. And I think technique is something that not a lot of people have seen or know how to work on. It's kind of that that ambiguous thing that's just thrown out. It's like, oh, just work on your technique, you know? But how do you take that kind of like nebulous idea and actually break it down into here's your action steps and here's how we work on this? Yeah, so you're totally right. Technique is definitely just a word that's kind of thrown around. Technique and skills are definitely just those, those uh, I don't know, hot words. Or um, <laughs> so. So the way I like to think about it is that you know, our goal with climbing is to get from point A to point B, whether that's from the start of a climb to the end of a climb, or whether if you're just working on a particular move, you're going from hold A to hold B. And there's good ways we can do that. And there's worse ways we can do it. I, I don't like to say good and bad, but better and worse <laughs> ways to do things. So technique is what you do to get from point A to B as efficiently as you can. So kind of an easy non-climbing example would be like if you're just walking across the road, the most efficient path is going to be for you to physically walk in a straight line from point A to point B. Um, it's gonna be inefficient to kind of zigzag back and forth and then even less efficient if you decide that your mode of travel is going to be to like crab walk uh, <laughs> in a zigzag line across the road. So, so we can kind of think about the way that we climb in a similar way. So yeah, you know, maybe you get from point A to point B and you accomplished the goal, but is there a way that that could have been done better or more efficiently? So technique is, is those, um, Kind of principles that you apply to that and then i like to think of skills as kind of uh the, the tools that you apply to to moves to have good technique so but you you don't necessarily use those all the time but the more skills you have uh the more tools you have and the more that you're going to be able to pull from when you're in maybe an unfamiliar situation or um yeah, something's brand new to you, you're going to be able to lean into that intuition a little bit more um, and pull from that tool belt. The crab walk tutorial or the the vision <laughs> that really did it for me. I get it now, you know, so that's, that's something yeah. very concrete for people to hold on to is like, how efficient are you? Are you doing this the most efficient way for you and your body? And when you go to work on athletes with this, it's obviously highly individualized. So is there, are there common themes that you see? You know, everybody's going to be different, but I know you said you were really big on the hip. What is it that you typically notice first with people? Yeah, so with the hips, I 
I like to think about the the way that we climb as being on a spectrum of two extreme ends. And realistically, everyone's probably somewhere in the middle of the spectrum, but we tend to lean towards one end or the other. So with the hips, the big thing I look at is the shapes that you make with your hips. And uh, when I say that, we're either talking about really open hips or square hips. So um, your hips are totally square to the wall. You're kind of in this like froggy uh, <laughs> position on the wall. Um, and then the other end of the spectrum is closed or turned hips. So you're really turning from side to side. One, one side of your hips is into the wall and the other is out from the wall. And I definitely see that people tend to trend towards one end or the other with that. Um, and it definitely depends on person to person, but the general trend that I've noticed is that smaller climbers tend to climb a little bit more front on and, and square, whereas taller climbers tend to turn a little bit more. And that's because, um, especially with taller climbers, they have a, a bit, quite a bit more body to fit into a similar amount of space. So being able to turn their hips allows um, taller folks to, to fit into those smaller boxes. But definitely, yeah, keeping an eye out on the next time you go climbing and, and seeing, okay, do I really like prefer one or the other? Um, and me being a shorter climber, I, it's, it's definitely gotten point out, pointed out to me that I climb really square. So one of the things I've been personally working on is incorporating more turned hips into my practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really good too for people to know because if you don't have kind of the the parameters in the first place, it's hard to know what to look for. So somebody could just go to the gym and video themselves and really see like, okay, do I have a preference here? Not that one is bad and one is good, kind of like you said, but it's just you want you want to know so that you can be diverse in all of those styles. Yeah, exactly. Um, different climbing terrains call for different hip shapes. So it's, it's yeah, you're going to be better off if you master both ends of that spectrum and you know that you can comfortably pull out either or. If you're anything like me, you're looking to start your training in January. So this is, I actually did start training last week, which I'm super excited about. It feels amazing to be back on, in a routine and have accountability and support and have a plan written out for me. But just because I am a coach doesn't mean I need to write my own training plans. That's something for me that has taken such a load off of my mind, not having to sit down and write my own workouts. Really, as a business owner, I need to be able to take things off of my plate in order to add things back onto it. So having somebody else write my training plan, so amazing. Seriously, such a good idea. I am kicking myself, honestly, for not doing this earlier. So I wanted to let you know about the training plans that I have available on my website. So whether you do or don't have equipment, I have a plan that's gonna be amazing for you. So if you do have equipment, you're gonna wanna get the six-week hangboard program. So this is specifically designed to get you maximum finger strength and also help you gain confidence adding weight on the hangboard and being able to really nail down something that works for you really well being able to repeat that and then also progressively overload it as well because it's a really important component to training is being able to make it incrementally more and more difficult because your body adapts to training while you're doing it so if you don't provide that extra stimulus you're not going to be able to continue those gains 
you don't have equipment, a really amazing program for you is going to be Send Strong. That is my body weight hit program. That is by, by far my most popular program. I've gotten so many rave reviews about this and I'm actually going to at some point do a round two of this. So it'll be like a volume two of Send Strong. So Send Strong is super amazing because again, you don't need any equipment. You can just do it all body weight. The workouts are really short. They're super, super effective. And by effective, I mean really hard, but in the best possible way. Another program that you're gonna wanna check out is Strong Through the Season. So this is my isometric training program. This is actually going to be using a little bit of equipment. Um, there's also some testing in there that you can do and I walk you through exactly how to do that, exactly what equipment you'll need to do that so that you can get some really, really solid metrics on your training and see exactly where your numbers are at and be able to take those numbers and make your training super specific and super customized to yourself so that you can then make even more gains. So if you're looking into any of these programs, you can use code podcast, all one word on my website. So go to ladybetacoaching.com, go to the shop tab. You can look through all of those and you'll be able to get 15% off of those programs. And I know you're absolutely going to love them. Again, I am so excited to be training in January because this means that all of my trips that I have planned and you guys know probably by now, I'm moving to Leavenworth, Washington kind of the home of all the granite boulders that are going to be super fun. I'm really excited for this and I feel so much better knowing that I have my training taken care of and that it's all laid out for me. I don't even have to think about it. So I want to be able to do the same thing for you guys. So again, you can use code podcast at checkout and that will save you 15% off of those programs. So with when you're working with athletes, and I know you're really good at this because our, our whole thing, you know, as coaches in the industry is like we need to get people to where where they need to go. So do you do testing to kind of see like, oh, is it strength or is it more technique that they're um, they're, they're needing in their training? Yeah, so I do have both a strength and a technique assessment. Um, like I said, really everyone can always work on technique, but if someone does come to me and and it's like, I don't really know which I should work on, the strength assessment is a really kind of easy tool to use and just, um, you'll be able to tell pretty quickly, okay, like your strength level is definitely adequate for for the level that you're climbing or more than adequate. Let's focus in on the technique. Um, Or it can be the other way around where it's like, wow, like, you're climbing super well uh, for like the strength that you currently have. Um, So you might see like really good improvements with some strength training. So um, yeah, kind of being able to do a a holistic picture of everything is definitely uh, one reason why I really like to offer both strength and technique. Yes. And can people find those on your website? How do they get in contact with you? If somebody's like, wow, I just really need to know which one of these I need to work on. Yeah, so right now my website is under construction a little bit, but if you are interested in working with me in either capacity, um, Instagram is a great way to reach me. I am at Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T underscore Amanda on Instagram. Perfect. And I will link that in the show notes as well. So I did want to talk a little bit about your most newest upcoming program, which I'm really excited about. So tell me a little bit more about that and kind of like the why behind it too. Yeah, so my new program is called Beta U, and I'm very, very, very excited about it. Um, And the big reason I wanted to create this program was to really get that community aspect in with the training. Um, And one thing I, I really noticed with me as a coach is how much my ability to break down my own climbing has gotten from all of the climbing that I've watched from other people. Um, And so I really wanted to build this community where one, for sure, it's a safe space. We're going to have really, 
really solid norms uh, around communicating about this. But I really want to give people the opportunity to both get comfortable sharing themselves climbing, because I think that's a really big stressor for a lot of people, especially newer climbers. There's definitely some some shyness around climbing in front of people. Um, and I also want to give people the opportunity to be able to watch other people climb and figure out how they can apply that back to their own climbing. Mm -hmm. That community piece, especially right now, I think that's so massive, like just even having people to connect with, because I think social sessions are happening a lot less frequently. So people are really missing and needing that. And can you say a little bit more about people feeling shy and climbing in front of people? Because when I was doing climbing coaching, that's a huge thing that people struggled with. So how do you go about kind of addressing that? Yeah, so I mean, it, it all comes down to well, you know, the environment that you're climbing in. And I think a big thing is that, again, with the growth of our sport, the gyms that are available to people are these definitely bigger gyms. There's usually a lot more people around and people just feel shy about anything that's new to them. Like if I were to go try and surf, which I've never done before, (laughs) I'm sure I would be just like terrified that anyone was watching me. So there's already that component, especially if you're newer to the sport. Um, There's definitely, you know, a fear of being judged, um, a fear of like having value tied to you based on how you're performing on the wall. And yeah, the big, the big piece of it is, well, one, who cares? <laughs> Who cares what these people think? You know, you are there to to have fun climbing or to try and improve your climbing. It's, you know, at the end of the day, it feels like a bigger deal than it is. Most people are, are only paying attention to themselves anyway and worrying about what other people are thinking about them too. So just trying to let go of that a little bit. And um, yeah, I mean, even just trying to grade the exposure to that kind of stress too. Like if you tend to be a little bit on the more shy end, maybe you don't go at like 6 p.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> if, if you can manage it, maybe if you're able to make it there um, at a quieter time, you go during a quieter time and like slowly start to work your way up to climbing in front of more people. Um, but yeah, there's definitely... Uh, that's a that's definitely a really big aspect, I think, especially as, you know, these gyms are getting bigger and people are entering the sport and there's less of that community feel where you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know these people. Are they judging me? And and yeah, trying to create a space with this new program where people feel comfortable doing that. Yes, thank you for that too, because I think you just gave a big permission slip to a lot of people to have that gradual exposure and you don't just have to go to the gym at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday and have it be like a pretty terrifying experience. Like you can ease into it slowly, go at your own pace. And then also on the other side of that, have this community to support you in that too. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I'm I'm definitely, yeah, I think it's just a big piece that's, missing in a lot of climbing gyms uh, these days and yeah, finding ways to create more of this community feel within the industry, I think is important. And I think, you know, there, there are um, other initiatives going on within a gym. Um, There's definitely, I mean, granted it's unprecedented times, but (laughs) hopefully towards the future, you know, there'll be more initiatives, especially with like affinity groups and um, yeah, just other kinds of meetups where people can get to know 
each other a little bit more familiarly. Right. And how has it felt being kind of one of the pioneers in the industry? Like before, I mean, this year and last year, like a group program for something like technique and community, like that was completely unheard of. So how has your experience with that been? I mean, it's definitely really exciting. It can definitely be nerve wracking. Um, I mean, I go through the same fears as everyone else, you know, not being, not having it be accepted or um, people not being interested in it. But I know that this is something that I would have wanted to see a couple of years ago or when I was um, a little bit earlier on in my climbing career. This is something that I think would have been really beneficial. Uh, so just, yeah, trying to create some, something that I think people are going to find really helpful and really enjoy. Oh, absolutely. And with that, so how does somebody know that they would be a good fit for Beta U? Yeah, so uh, you would definitely be a great fit for the program if you feel like you've been kind of stuck in a plateau. Um, maybe you progressed for the first couple of years of your climbing and uh, now you've kind of hit um, a plateau where you don't really know how to break out of it. Um, it's also going to be a great fit if you are one of those people who feels stronger than the grade that they're climbing. And you know that uh, technique and movement work is really going to be helpful. Um, and it's also going to be for you if you are looking for that community aspect and that support. Um, yeah, the program is going to have educational modules where I'm going to be walking you through all the different um, technique trainings. And then we're going to have this really collaborative uh, group environment between these calls. Oh, I love it so much. It's so needed. And it's something that I, I'm so happy to see now existing in the community. And I'm, I know with you, you're such a pioneer and being able to kind of like see those programs that haven't existed before and be the one to bring them to life. Like it just, it's so inspiring and it makes me super proud of you. So with that, with this is going to be airing on the 21st, which is going to be Thursday. So at that point, I believe enrollment's open to the public Perfect. And I will link all of that in the show notes. That'll be really easy to see. So is there anything else that you want to let the audience know or share about before we sign off? Well, if you're listening to this on Thursday, the 21st, I am hosting a free masterclass on route reading. Um, if you head over to my Instagram, the link for that is in my bio. Uh, like I said, it's totally free. And if you're not able to make it live at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, there will be a recording sent out. So if you have difficulty approaching new climbs or you feel like you have trouble figuring out tricky sequences, uh, this is definitely going to be a helpful masterclass for you. Oh, I love it. And Juliet climbs uh, really hard. So she definitely <laughs> knows what she's talking about in this arena. And I have seen so many videos of her where I'm like, wow, I didn't even think that was possible, especially not for somebody that short. So yeah, you guys are definitely going to want to be there. I will put all of those links in the show notes as well. And thank you so much to Juliet for joining me. And this was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate it. If you have not yet already, please make sure you go leave a rating and a review. This helps me so incredibly much, so much more than I can even convey to you. It helps other people find the podcast as well. And it just gives me the warm fuzzies. I'm so excited. I'm going to be doing a big giveaway soon for people that have left a rating and a review. So if you do leave one now, you'll be entered to win that giveaway. So make sure you head over to go do that. You can leave the review on iTunes and I appreciate it so much. I will see you next episode.